Tuesday of game week for the Ohio State Buckeyes means it's time to go behind enemy lines. Ohio State and Indiana Saturday afternoon. Let's learn about the Hoosiers. We bring in Jack Ankeny from HoosiersNow.com on the Fan Nation Network, powered by Sports Illustrated. All of it coming up next right here on Buckeye Breakdown. We've got the whole crew together as we cover Ohio State with our instant analysis from Ohio State. There's something that doesn't feel right. Unbelievable effort from him today. Is EJ Liddell going to crack the first team all Big Ten? I think he can be the guy. I'm not trying to start a quarterback controversy. He seems to have the durability. He certainly has the toughness. This is the question on a lot of people's minds here. Welcome to Buckeye Breakdown. Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to the show. I'm Brendan Gulick, along with Anthony Meglin, live at 7 a.m. every day during Ohio State season to get you ready for all the things you need to know related to Ohio State football, certainly leading up to week one against the Indiana Hoosiers. And we're fired up today that Jack Ankeny has joined us to give us a little inside look at what's been going on in Bloomington during uh, you know summer camp and what the, uh, what the Hoosiers think they can bring to the table here in week one against the Buckeyes. So before we get to Jack, Anthony, uh, let's just go real quick. Your thoughts on, on a, a Hoosiers team that, for whatever reason, always seems to play the Buckeyes relatively tough. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to get into it with Jack here today uh, because uh, there's some interesting things, I think, with the uh, with the Hoosiers team that um, could present a couple issues for Ohio State. Now, that being said, I do think – that Ohio State is the superior team coming up this week, but like we talked about yesterday, there's um, there's reason to believe that they're, that Indiana's going to play um, Ohio State pretty tough. And uh, if there's a, a week that Ohio State could get got, it's 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 this one, uh, being that there's still a lot of question marks throughout our team at the quarterback position, at offensive line, um, and in the in our defense with some of those big play uh, problems that we discussed yesterday. So. I'm um, looking forward to uh, to getting into it, breaking the breaking the Hoosiers down uh, this morning here with Jack. Well, let's bring Jack in because it's not uh, not only Columbus that has uh, football fans trying to figure out what the quarterback situation is going to look like. It's a similar deal out in Bloomington. Jack, thanks for joining us, man. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, guys. I uh, I know it's an early morning, but we appreciate you jumping on with us. Yeah. Hey. Let's let's just start there. I mean, the you know Tom Allen's teams are usually pretty well prepared. Obviously, three and four years ago, a, a program that you know looked like it was really starting to turn the corner, and I I think they gave Ohio State a pretty good scare uh, in front of nobody, just some cardboard cutouts inside the shoe. Uh, unfortunately, the last two years haven't gone quite as well after Michael Penix transferred. So, give us an idea what you think the the quarterback situation might look like. Yeah, well, that, that's kind of been a big problem the last two years with that quarterback stability you mentioned after Penix left. And so for week one, the, the starting job is between Taven Jackson. Um, he's a transfer from Tennessee, spent his freshman year there learning under Hendon Hooker, Joe Milton. Um, it's the younger brother of Chase Jackson Davis, the star basketball player. Um, he's competing against Brendan Sorsby, who is, who is also a redshirt freshman. They're both redshirt freshmen. I think they have 10 combined pass attempts at the college level. Um, which is, you know, especially when you have Ohio State on the schedule week one, that's it's a pretty daunting uh, task for either of them. Um, and, you know, Indiana has been pretty secretive about it. They've they've internally named a starter, but they're not going to publicly announce it before game one. Um, I think in terms of their skill set, they're honestly pretty similar in terms of size and what they can do. 
Um, neither are true runners, but they're both pretty athletic. And I think Indiana's going to want to do a lot of things to get them on the move and, and not just sit them back in the pocket. Um, if I had to, to decide, I think Taven is a little bit more elusive than Brendan, but that's not to say that Brendan is, is um, incapable as a runner. I think they can both move around pretty well. But at the same time, neither of them are quite the true runner that Dexter Williams was. He, he played a lot against Ohio State last year, if you guys remember. Um, so I think kind of to Indiana's benefit, they can build an offense that is tailored to Will or sorry to Jackson and Sorsby that is at least somewhat similar to what they'd want to run with Dexter. So it's not like you're revamping the whole offense or are doing a ton different. Um, because it, it kind of seems like it's another season where they could play three quarterbacks. You know, I, I think ideally um, they'd like to stick with one, but Williams tore his ACL in the season finale against Purdue, and, and Tom Allen has kind of targeted midseason. He said maybe a couple weeks early for when he might be able to return. Um, so in, in that case, you know, it'll be one of the redshirt freshmen or both for, you know, for the first couple weeks. Um so, yeah, you know, I think Jackson and Sorsby are pretty similar. If, if I had to make a prediction, I, I think it's going to be Jackson, but it w- it really wouldn't surprise me if it was Sorsby either, just based on what we've seen in practices. I, I think, um, Jack, one of the big advantages that you just mentioned was that the their, their play styles are very similar. Um, you know, even going back to uh, to Williams of last year, um, I think that's really big because you're, la- you're able to have that consistency across um you know across scheme if you will so you don't have to hey if Taven's playing you have to do one thing or if Brennan's playing you have to do another I think that's a big um that's a big advantage um going into an early year especially with two guys who are young and inexperienced uh one big question that um kind of pops up to me when I was just doing some just even some initial background research um a lot of the skill positions um are are going to be new uh, from what I from what I saw looks like you lost a ton of production out of the wide receiver room um and in the backfield um so what is kind of the plan um of attack or who are some guys that uh, that we can look out to or look out for um you know both on the outside and in the backfield that are going to be helping out whoever whoever that new quarterback is going to be yeah, Anthony, you're right about that. And I actually think Indiana has done a really good job um, building that running back and receiver room. I think those are honestly two of their better position groups. Um, in terms of running backs, they're going to play three guys, in there, and I think they're all going to have meaningful roles. Um, if you remember Jalen Lucas from last year, mm-hmm. who's a first-team All-American as a kick returner, um, he's not, you know, a between-the-tackles guy. He's only about 5'9". He's very small, but you know, man, could like that guy can run like crazy and, and, you know, beat anyone off of one cut. So they're going to, they're, they're also using him in the slot a lot this year. So I don't, you know, he's not a guy that they're going to give 20 carries up the middle to. Um, I think they're going to try to get him in space. Um, you know, some screens in the slot, things like that. Um, Josh Henderson was, was with Indiana last year. I think he averaged about four yards a carry and four yards per reception. So he can kind of do both too, but he's definitely more of a between the tackles guy. Um, you know, if you had to define an every down back, he's probably more fits that traditional mold. And then they brought in Christian Turner, a running back from uh, Wake Forest, and he had a productive career there um, the last two seasons. I, I think he is is kind of that third back that he, he's still going to have a meaningful role. He's kind of more similar to Henderson. Um, more of more of a runner up the middle 
Um, but I think all three are going to play. And I think it's also possible that you see Lucas on the field at the same time as Henderson and Turner, just because of what Lucas can offer you in the pass game. Um, and then in terms of wide receiver, uh, Cam Camper was their leading receiver last year. He tore his ACL week seven or so against, or maybe week eight at Rutgers. Um, and he still managed to be Indiana's leading receiver, which tells you about the production that he had. He had about 156 yards in his first um, Power 5 game against Illinois. We know how talented that secondary was. Um, so he should be ready to go for week one. We talked to him yesterday. He said he, you know, they might have him on a snap count, but he'll definitely be out there. Um, Donovan McCauley is another receiver that, you know, might be their number two or three. He, um, he came to Indiana as a quarterback. He played that 2021 season after Penix got hurt um, and was never really able to develop as a passer. So he moved to receiver by his choice. Um, 6'5", super athletic. You know, when you watch Indiana practice, he's one of the biggest, most, most athletic guys at any position. Um, they bring in EJ Williams, transfer from Clemson. Pretty similar to McCulley and Camper with his size. He's about 6'3", 6'4". So I think they have three guys with, with a lot of good size out there at receiver. Um, in terms of slot, you know, I think we'll see Jalen Lucas line up there a good amount. They brought in DeKeese Carter, who had, I think, over 2,000 yards at Fordham in his four or five-year career. Um, so very experienced guy. Coaches have talked very highly of him just with his experience and leadership. Um, they have a guy, Cameron Perry, he, who's kind of similar to Lucas, only about 5'9", but he's crazy quick. I think he's kind of an under-the-radar breakout type guy. Um, so, yeah, I, I honestly think while they did lose some production, I, I think running back and receiver are two of their better rooms. Give us an idea, just the, the attitude and the morale around the team right now, because, you know, as I, as I mentioned earlier, it kind of felt like they were building something pretty cool a couple years ago, and, and it really hasn't gone well, even just in conference play the last two seasons. And I have to imagine that there is – some pressure on Tom Allen to get this thing right and on the guys there to figure it out. Um, how are they handling the pressure and, and, you know, what's the attitude and the morale of the team as they, as they break camp here? Yeah. You know, I, I think it's a good combination in terms of, of kind of the, the motivating factors that you have throughout this team. You, you still have a handful of, of layovers guys that were there and believe it or not in 2019 and 2020, just with all these, you know, guys playing six years, so there's a few guys that have, you know, like Noah Pierre on defense or Aaron Casey, two of their top defensive guys. There's guys that have been there and, and that, you know, kind of know what that winning felt like and, and that are going to kind of be relied on as as leaders to kind of bring it back to that point. Um, and then I think just with all the transfers, you know, they've brought in a ton the last two off seasons. I think 24 scholarship transfers this off season, And a lot of those guys are either, you know, guys that, that started at, at lower levels and, you know, this is their first shot at the power five and, and, and they want to make a name for themselves. Or, you know, it's guys like EJ Williams who, um, you know, he had a breakout freshman year at, at Clemson and then kind of lost his job his sophomore and junior year. And, you know, he's kind of looking to revitalize his career. And, and that's kind of the theme you see with a lot of these guys throughout the roster. So, you know, I think in terms of a motivation and morale perspective, you know, I think, I don't think Tom Allen's going to have a hard time getting guys to play hard, um, which was, you know, kind of tough at the end of 21 when things were going bad after the two good seasons. Um, 
you know, and, and we'll see if they can put it all, all together, um, you know, once games start. You know, you mentioned you, you gave a really, really good breakdown of the new look offense and not necessarily new look in terms of scheme or whatnot, but just the players um, and, and mentioned again, kind of an overhaul of the team uh, via the transfer portal. Uh, what's that look like on the defensive side? Uh, just by breaking it down and, 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 you know, seeing what they were last year, um, you know, Indiana did struggle on defense, giving up 33 points a game. Um, you kind of run wild against them, giving up 175 yards on the ground and then about 275 through the air. So uh, a lot of room for improvement. Um, and it seems though, it seems as though, um, you know, they, they relied heavily on, uh, on the transfer portal. So how did that, how does that relate to the defense? Um, who are some new guys on the defensive side and some of the playmakers that uh, you're expecting and the team's expecting to, uh, to make an impact? Right. So, so Tom Allen, and you know, he's a defensive coach by nature. And, and last year he regained play calling duties um, this year, he's handing him back over. They hired Matt Guerreri, who was um, on staff at Ohio State last year as, as an analyst, I, I think. Um, so he'll call plays for the defense. And you're right, it's completely new look all over. I mentioned Noah Pierre. He plays that Husky, kind of the nickel corner position. It's his sixth year. He, he's a team captain, and so is Aaron Casey, um, who's played both middle linebacker positions. Um, so those guys, you know, I think are very reliable. I, I, I think Indiana feels good about having those leaders, but the rest of the positions are completely new. Um, I think Tom Allen consistently throughout the fall camp has been very excited about the additions they made on the defensive line. They added Philip Liddy from Texas Tech. Um, they added Andre Carter, who was, uh, you know, he was on the Bednarik watch list for best defensive player. He's a transfer from Western Michigan and, and really throughout all of, spring and fall camp he's been very disruptive um in the pass rush they brought in Linnell Carr from West Virginia he'll kind of play that bowl position which is kind of like Indiana's outside linebacker DN kind of hybrid spot which is really important in their defense um Anthony Jones will also play that bowl spot he's a transfer from Oregon um might be forgetting a couple guys yeah. on that defensive front but uh yeah they brought they've totally overhauled the D-line um, and I think that's one spot that you really want to see them improve because the last two seasons, they really haven't been able to generate much of a pass rush at all or, or really stop the run. So I think with Carter and Carr, you have two guys that at least so far, the early signs are good that, that they might be able to get to the quarterback a little bit better than they have in the past. Um, in terms of the secondary, the cornerbacks are going to be completely new. You know, they had Taiwan Mullen and Jalen Williams the last few years. You know, they were three or four year starters. So you have new guys there. They brought in Jameer Johnson from Texas, um, Kobe Miner from Texas Tech, Nick Toomer from Stanford. Those three transfers, I think, are all going to play a good amount. And then um, one of the returners, Jamari Sharp, he's, he's just a redshirt freshman, but he's gotten a lot of praise from coaches and I think might even start on Saturday against Ohio State, though, although he didn't really play much last year. Um, Alan said last week that he's been one of their two or three best corners um, this offseason. So I think those guys are kind of in the mix um, at, at corner. Safety is the one that that is kind of the the question that I'm or the position that I'm mo maybe most unsure about. They have a couple of returners um, with Josh Sanguinetti and Lewis Moore. 
um, who are all right for Indiana last year. They got a freshman, Amari Farrell, who is one of their top recruits that Alan pointed out yesterday um, when I asked him about, you know, guys that have maybe improved their stock a little bit. Um, so safety is kind of, kind of in question, I think, in terms of who's going to play the most there. Um, but, yeah, in general, the defense is going to be completely new. And I, I know that Tom Allen wants to get try to get that right this year. Because, like I mentioned, you know, he's a defensive coach by nature, and, and he's really been – um, you know, not pleased with with how the last two years have gone on that side of the ball. A few more minutes with Jack Ankeny from HoosiersNow.com on the uh, Sports Illustrated Fan Nation Network. Jack, I, I'm trying to figure out some vulnerabilities on this Indiana team. And, you know, it's, it's a lot easier to, to actually pinpoint those when you start to see some film from a team in a given year, right? It's It's not fair necessarily to always – just carry over from one year to the next and say, well, this didn't go well last year, so it's going to be a problem this year. But I know one of the places that this team was really struggling was on the offensive line. How have they addressed that? You know, and, and maybe not even just uh, at, at a super specific level, but where where can they be better on the offensive line? Yeah, so they made a coaching change midway through last year and had an interim coach. And I actually think they improved a little bit towards the end of the year in that when at Michigan State, they ran the ball really well. Um, and then they hired Bob Bostad in the offseason to replace the interim. And, and he has a really impressive track record. If you look back at what he's done, he he was uh, the offensive line coach at Wisconsin kind of in the early 2010s when they were, re- were really rolling, producing a lot of all-American offensive linemen. Um, so I think that was a really key hire. You know, yesterday, Tom Allen talked about just how how much he thinks that group has grown with Bostad. Um, their their best offensive lineman, Matt Bedford, tore his ACL in week one last year, which really put the whole group into a shuffle throughout the whole year. They, Zach Carpenter, their center, got hurt too. So last year there was really no continuity, and, and that's obviously really important for offensive line. Um, they have a, a redshirt freshman they're really excited about with Carter Smith. So – I think with Bedford back and and with Bostad um, and just all the the praise that he's gotten from from Allen and players, I think there's reason to believe that that group can be better. Um, you know whether it looks like that against Ohio State just because of all the the impressive pass rushers they have. You know we'll see, but I think in a big picture perspective this season, you know I, I don't expect it to be a dominant group, but I I, I would. I, I do think it's it's going to be better than it was the last few years. And kind of at the end of last year, we saw that it seems like they kind of figured some things out with um, with the run game with Dexter Williams, and, and they're going to kind of try to do some similar things with Taven or, or Brendan to kind of, you know, not make that offensive line, you know, sit back there and give the quarterback five seconds. If, if you can get these kind of quick hitter looks, um, for the offensive line, I, I think they saw that they were more productive in that way. Um, and that's kind of the the one thing that I think Indiana want, fans want to see this year because it's been a huge struggle the last two years. Um, but I, I think they're really excited about what Bostad has kind of – how he's kind of impacted the line so far. Jack, I guess just last question for you. Uh, well, two questions. One is is a little lighthearted. Uh, where should we eat on Saturday? What's uh, What's the spot? <laughs> Um, hmm, that's tough. There's honestly a lot of good places. I'm I'm gonna go a little bit different. I think a lot of fans would give you kind of the the traditionals. There's a place called Fat Dan's on Kirkwood um, that has great burgers and and sandwiches and stuff. And I think it's an underrated spot. 
in Bloomington, uh, that's kind of, you know, if you go to some of the more traditional places, you'll be waiting for an hour or so. But Fat Dan's on Kirkwood is, is really good. Fat Dan's. Hashtag yeah. no free ads, but <laughs> that's good. Sounds good. Hey, uh, where can folks find your work? Yeah, it's uh, HoosiersNow.com. It's like you guys, it's the uh, the Fan Nation Sports Illustrated site for Indiana. Um, my Twitter is it's just my last name. It's at Ankeny underscore Jack. Um, so either of those places, you can see our work, see uh, all our uh, updates and everything. We'll look forward to seeing you on Saturday. I hope it's a fun opener yeah. with uh, a lot of questions answered on both sides, and maybe we'll get an entertaining game. But yeah. Uh, Certainly enjoyed having you this morning, man. Thanks for joining yeah, thanks us. Thanks for having okay. me, guys. Appreciate it. All right. Jack Ankeny of HoosiersNow.com, our morning guest on Behind Enemy Lines. Anthony, it was uh, certainly a fun conversation. I feel like I learned a little bit more about the team. Um, I, I definitely want to learn a little bit more about the Buckeyes here in, in the hours to come. And, you know, we're going to hear from Ryan Day later today. So we'll kind of wrap our show today with uh, just Ryan Day related thoughts because uh, we'll have his press conference streaming live for you in four and a half hours when we get to uh, when we get down to Columbus. What do you want to hear from Ryan Day today? Yeah, we'll see what he has to say. It's you know even with speaking with Jack, there's a lot of unknowns on the Indiana side uh, based on their personnel, um, and it's really tough to understand what you're facing when you've never seen a guy. Um, and it sounds like there's going to be a lot of transfers, a lot of new faces. Uh, from the Indiana Hoosiers. So my guess from what we'll hear from Coach Day is no change in the in the quarterback conversation. I bet he nips that right away. Um, the first question, we know what's coming. Uh, but he's going to say, hey, we're going to roll with two guys. Um, and here's the situation um, um, of that going forward. Uh, but he said, I, I bet you're going to see, you're going to hear him talk through um, the goals of the week um, when you get to Saturday, it's we want to play clean. We want to look clean. We want to have smooth operation, at least to start. Uh, make sure that, you know, there's no boneheaded mistakes, um, you know, that Ohio State is, is really just on their P's and Q's as they try to figure out what's going on. Um, and then, you know, as the game progresses, the coaching staff will get a better idea of what they're facing, what they're seeing and where their advantages are. Uh, but I bet you're going to want to hear him say we want to start smooth. Um, and then as the game progresses, we'll start to, you know, take our shots and, and find our space. So um, I bet it's going to be a very uh, ho-hum post or press conference today um, just because we don't know too much yet about Indiana. And we don't know too much really about Ohio State. And he's not going to say anything um, to uh, to give anything away at this point uh, before the before the game. Yeah. And in a lot of ways, I kind of expect the same thing from Jim Knowles. But um, I, I hope we sense a. Um, I hope we sense an edginess. Mm -hmm. I hope we sense uh, how ready they are. Um, you know, I, I know Ohio State isn't taking Indiana for granted. Uh, I, I realize the line in Vegas is pretty substantial at, at basically four touchdowns. Um, you only get so many opportunities to make a good impression. And in one more year where there's, there's only four teams that make the college football playoff, we talked a little bit about the strength of Ohio State's schedule yesterday with Notre Dame, Wisconsin, obviously Michigan, and, and Penn State projected to all be really good this year. So there should be lots of opportunities to, to really showcase yourself against high-quality competition. But when you play a Big Ten team to open the year, you better be ready to go. And and I a couple of years ago, we saw Ohio State have to really – you know, drag it out against Minnesota because the Gophers really played well that day. Um, 
I, I don't think Indiana, from a talent perspective, is is quite on Ohio State's you know level. Um, but man, week one, you, you almost feel like you got to throw it out the window a little bit. And coaches will never say that publicly. Um, but it sometimes it can get a little ugly, and you just got to find a way to win. So I totally agree with you. I didn't even think of that. Um, you know, from what we expect to hear from them, I bet they are a little on edge. I bet it's not going to be a smiley like, "Hey, we're excited about the the year." Because not even going back two years to Minnesota, but even going back to last year, yeah, they ended up beating Notre Dame by two scores. But you know, it was a uh, it was kind of a it was it was a little bit of a battle um, there for the. Uh, for, for the whole game really until, until really the end. So I bet you're right. I bet it's going to be a little uncomfortable, maybe a little edgy uh, from both those guys uh, because of the importance. You just cannot, cannot, cannot afford to slip up. And even based on our conversation yesterday, you have to look, you have to look good uh, just because how competitive the big 10 is going to be this year with Penn state and Wisconsin and Michigan. If there's even any bit of, Hey, this, you know, any, if they're even at any point, you know, you're going to look back in some of the common opponents and you don't want to have a, you don't want to have a blip on your radar, um, especially early on in the season. Well, and, and the reality is the quarterback that passes the eye test better might be the one that wins the starting job. So, um, you know, who can handle the pressure in that moment? I think it really is going to matter. And, uh, Maybe they know who that is already, and they're not saying the same way Tom Allen is. Mm-hmm. Although Tom at least acknowledged that they've decided on their their starting quarterback internally and haven't said anything. I guess we're going to find out on Saturday. Yeah, it's uh, it's 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 it'll be a it'll be a very telling day uh, media wise for us, I believe, um, just with what's said and what's not said. Um, you know, there's a lot of stuff you can do. These coaches are so good at saying a lot without saying a little, with saying a little, but saying, not saying anything at all. I've yeah. messed that Annoying, up. Annoyingly good at it. <laughs> Annoyingly good. And Ryan Day is one of the best at it. Um, so I'm sure, I'm, I'm not sure he'll say anything outwardly that's going to lead to anything, but I bet we, if we read between the lines, um, he's going to drop a couple nuggets here and there um, that, uh, that, that'll tell us some things, but either way um, they better come ready to go on Saturday. We got lots to come uh, still the rest of the week for you on the Buckeye Breakdown podcast. Uh, We'll try to give you a little bit of an inside look at what you can expect from Ohio State's offense against the Hoosier defense uh, and vice versa before we get into maybe more macro level game preview, talking about uh, the Big Ten as a whole going into officially week one. Uh, certainly those conversations to go. Obviously, this afternoon at 12 noon at the Woody, we're going to hear from Coach Day and Coach Knowles. Uh, tomorrow, Wednesday night after practice, uh, a, a bunch of players will be made available to us, although the uh, athletic communications department for the Bucks, uh has not decided on that until this afternoon. So we don't know which players tomorrow, but we know we will have players tomorrow after practice. So you can check all that out over on our YouTube channel here as well. Ryan Day and Jim Knowles will stream live. Uh, the players, we will post those after the fact, but uh, they'll be up pretty quickly. So keep it uh, keep it locked here. And, of course, Anthony and I will be back with you tomorrow morning, Wednesday at 7 a.m. as we continue to preview Ohio State and Indiana. For all the latest on Ohio State football, check out BuckeyesNow.com. Follow us along our social media channels, and we certainly hope you'll make Buckeye Breakdown a part of your daily stop. For Anthony Meglin, I'm Brendan Gulick. We'll see you in a little bit down at the Woody as Ryan Day takes the stage for the first time in week one.